Hello, and welcome to Big Fish in the Talent Pool with your host, Aaron Peterson, partner and global talent acquisition consultant with People Results. In each episode, Aaron interviews a corporate head of talent acquisition to shine a light on how they got there, what keeps them up at night, and their views on all the hot topics in TA today. There's nothing Aaron is afraid to ask because she's been there. Now here's your host, Aaron Peterson. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Episode 4 of the Big Fish Podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with Ben Gottkin. He's the Executive Director of ATAP, the Association of Talent Acquisition Professionals. Ben and I actually know each other from my RPO leadership days. He was with a client, and we got to know each other actually quite well through a rather challenging Taleo implementation. Now he's a TA consultant, and with encouragement from Jerry Crispin and others, he has founded the professional association that, in my opinion, has the potential to become the go-to organization for those who are really serious about talent acquisition as a career. So without further delay, here's episode four of Big Fish in the Talent Pool with Ben Gottkin. Enjoy. We're here to talk with Ben Gottkin the uh, executive director of ATAP, the Association for Talent Acquisition Professionals. It's a new professional association, although not so new, founded in 2016, so we're going to talk about that. Um, but it's really getting traction recently, and I wanted to make sure that all of my listeners knew about it. And uh, so I have asked Ben Gottkin to join me here for a special bonus podcast. And welcome, Ben. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Glad to be on your podcast today. It is my pleasure. And uh, so, Ben, you, you your day job is principal consultant with Recruiting Toolbox. Can you say more about what you do? Sure. Uh, that certainly pays the bills yes. uh, still. Uh, I've been doing that for the past five and a half years, uh, where we work with uh, client companies uh, to help them recruit better. That's through a lot of training, uh, like uh, interview training or sourcing training or talent advisor training. Uh, but uh, the training also is very consultative in nature. And then we also help companies with their process and with their strategies and things of that nature as well. So uh, it's been a a great ride for the past five and a half years working and seeing talent, particularly in seeing uh, talent acquisition, how it's done in multiple industries and uh, different geographies. No doubt. And so that's, uh, you know, certainly getting out of the, I had a long uh, career in corporate, about 18 years, uh, but, you know, you're just kind of focused on what's going on in your organization. When you're able to see across so much of a broader spectrum mm-hmm. of how talent acquisition is done, it really gives you a great appreciation. And I think, uh, gives, you know, this ties in a lot to my interest in, in the passion of getting ATAP off the ground, too. Okay, excellent. And there's the global component that you, that you mentioned. You've mm-hmm. had the opportunity with Recruiting Toolbox to work all over the world. Yeah. And uh, I think that feeds as well into ATAP, doesn't it? So we're gonna, it's a truly global organization. It is, based, mm-hmm. though. Uh, so we're starting to focus here, but we have uh, members in Europe. Actually, we just got a mem- our first member in Saudi Arabia, I oh, believe. outstanding. Uh, and okay. so that's expanding. Uh, but we're going to get things right here uh, first and then uh, look to expand more over time. Okay, globally. great. And and so I want to come back to that because I think that's a really important aspect of it. Yes. And frankly, it was one of the things that um, attracted me. Great. Because uh, I... I like so many others, felt that there was now a time when we can jump off that cliff and say, because of connectivity, because of social media, because of uh, all of us are very virtual, uh, now is the time for us to really share information globally about 
the state of talent acquisition. Yeah, and it's what's interesting is uh, certainly the view that I've been able to have of working with global clients uh, is that at the core level, we all are dealing with very similar issues. Uh, you know, certainly there are cultural uh, differences mm-hmm. and there are unique challenges in certain markets uh, that uh, that you come across. But uh, you know, most organizations, you know, even regardless of industry, are dealing with a lot of the same issues and challenges. Right. And we, you know, either, we want to bring more and more light to that, find the commonalities, build that into uh, standards around education, around measurement, things like that. Uh, that, but where it's still flexible enough that, uh, you know, regardless of the size of your company, the industry, and your geography, uh, that it's all still very applicable. Right. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about how this got started. Um, you know. What what was the uh, the catalyst, the impetus, what, you know, what, the big idea? Yeah, uh, well, I I actually relatively early in my career started to get involved with collaborative uh, networking groups and, and the recruiting space. Started with a college recruiting group in the D.C. area. I'm based out of you know, always been based in the D.C. area. Um, also being in the D.C. area, it's also kind of given me very much of a mission driven mentality. And I've worked for nonprofits uh, or not for profit organizations, and uh, so that was always appealing to me. Uh, in uh, the mid 2000s, I got involved with a local uh, on the board of a local HR uh, group, where we were doing a lot of recruiting content through their their events. Uh, but then that kind of died off, and then uh, I've had the opportunity in 2010 to launch Recruit DC with the help of a uh, number of great people in the DC area, and that started to become the real uh, focal point for the community in the for the recruiting community in the DC area. Uh, but not long after that, uh, I was actually at, uh, at a Career Crossroads colloquium event uh, in Dallas, Plano, Texas, actually, uh, and sat down with Jerry Crispin uh, over uh, a drink at the uh, hotel bar, and we were just we were talking about what is holding our profession back. Why why do we struggle with uh, education, with measurement, with respect for who we are, what we do, or the role that we have, uh, the role that we can play in, in organizations? And as we started thinking about you know other professions that are well defined that are respected that you when you say accountant or doctor or engineer it's very clear mm-hmm. what that means uh well they all have professional bodies you know yeah. even hr with, with sherm of course uh they all have professional bodies that have done that work for decades to define the profession define standards build you know uh, build education around that advocate on behalf of the profession and build a sense of community mm-hmm. and so you know the light bulb went off and said well you know what maybe that's what we need to make happen here uh that it's the time's coming for a professional association. Now, interestingly, with the timing, it was a bit of a, the timing was interesting because this is 2010. This is right in the middle of a a recession. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So we weren't going to be able to get this thing going overnight. But it it took a few years as Jerry and I socialized this with a number of people. And about three years ago, we felt we had critical mass. We had enough enough people who said, yeah, I think that's a great idea. How can I help? To start to pull that together and start to organize this. We spent about a year and a half of planning Mm -hmm. uh, to put, you know, for planning everything from governance to PR and marketing to finance to um, you, you name it just to get this thing off the ground and had our soft launch in the fall of 2016. Okay. Uh, we just uh, we, we just essentially celebrated our our official one-year anniversary because it was April 1st of 2017 that we considered to be our, our launch date. Okay yeah. so earlier this week. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. So yeah, we're uh, that was when uh, the the, uh, the current version of the ATAP website went live and membership opened. So that's what we're kind of right. setting as the as the starting point okay. going forward. Well, congratulations and happy Thank birthday. You. Thank <laughs> you. Yes. Um, so uh, let's talk about the official mission. So you've been kind of talking around the the um, the 
original idea behind mm -hmm. it, but then that has now uh, coagulated into an actual mission, mm -hmm. a vision, mm -hmm. and you know some very specific to do. So yes. let's talk about that. Um, and and again, I want to mention the the website in case uh, the listeners are interested. It's atapglobal.org. I love the name. I'm so glad Global is in there. I'm just saying <laughs> that's my thing. Yes. So. Let's talk about the mission. Uh, you know, there is an official mission, so uh, tell us about that and, and uh, how it came about. Well, at a high level, it's actually pretty simple. Our, our, our mission is to advance the profession. Well, simple to describe, but not mm -hmm. simple in execution. <laughs> uh, so uh, anything and anything that we can do as an independent, objective nonprofit to drive uh, Everything from the establishment of a body of knowledge, establishment of standards for education, for measurement, for ethics, uh, to advocate on behalf of the profession with the media and regulatory, or regulatory bodies, legal bodies, uh, the business world in general. Uh, we want to be able to have an impact on that. So, for example, in the future, as we have an impact, we would love it when people type recruiters are into Google to see some nicer words that uh -huh. follow that. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's not so complimentary. <laughs> uh, so we have some per perception issues uh, yeah. that, that we need to overcome. And, you know, some of that, you know, deserved because of the way that things have happened in our profession over the years. But a lot of it, you know, I think there's a big misunderstanding about what talent acquisition professionals really do mm -hmm. and what the roles are. You know, most people actually ask them on the street, tell me you're a recruiter. They think you're actually probably a third party or headhunter or, or right. you know, contingent or, or retained search. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's certainly uh, kind of historically uh, what the, the perception of recruiters. But, uh, you know, we, we actually uh, did some demographic research that we presented yesterday here. Uh, and there's companies now that are building massive, massive internal recruiting teams. Mm -hmm. Go, uh, um, Amazon has over 3,000 recruiters. Yeah. Facebook has 2,000 recruiters now. Uh, and these, the, and so, it, and you, I see many, many organizations that have recruiting teams in the hundreds, yeah. all in house. Uh, so, yeah. but we're also meant to support anybody and everybody in the profession. Mm -hmm. And so, we also want to build community around that. So, whether you're a corporate recruiter, agency recruiter, RPO recruiter, or a services or technology vendor, right. uh, ATAP, you know, if you anything, or even HR, HR people that have mm -hmm. you know strong interest in talent acquisition, we're already seeing that as, as you know the makeup of our membership and mm -hmm. people who want to get involved with the mission, who understand what we're doing, see the value in, in what we're looking to well, achieve. And it makes sense to address all of those different versions of recruiters because they often move between uh, the, the, the career paths. Absolutely. Right? Well, so, I mean, we have, right? Yes, and exactly. <laughs> I've been a headhunter. I've been an RPO leader. I've been a corporate recruiter. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it, the, the roots are the same, mm -hmm. and it's all a matter of how you um, – Put that in practice, and so uh, that that makes a lot of sense. So, so it's a sort of a come one, come all. Yes. Um, you know, learn the craft, make it better, uh, push us forward. Yes. Is, would that be a? Yeah, I would say so. And this is not going to happen overnight. Uh, you know, we're still at the at the front end of this. Uh, we we're having actually a few of us are here, uh, that are involved with our body and knowledge committee. We're having a conversation about this yesterday. This is going to be an iterative process. You don't build and define a profession overnight. Right. Um, so, but the ex the exciting opportunity and one that many of our members are already got involved with, and we want to start providing more opportunities, is uh, the opportunity for any member to participate on working committees that are doing this definition work. So, Aaron, you, yeah. you are leading our diversity and inclusion recruiting measurement uh, committee. You got almost two dozen people on that committee yeah. uh, from and a, a very diverse group. From right. People from, and we're having fun. Yeah. And sure. yeah, they got corporate, mm -hmm. you got consultants, you got agency, you got mm -hmm. uh, yeah, vendors in there. Mm -hmm. And that's the, 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 I think, the really exciting opportunity. Uh, you know, I think sometimes people 
there's a perception that we're just looking to pull information from people and you know get people to work to, to define this. But I think that from what I've seen and the feedback I've received from the people who are doing the work, who are on these committees, is they're learning because mm-hmm. they're being exposed yeah. to different ideas from Absolutely. other companies, other industries, or corporate versus uh, you know, non-corporate or, right. or things like that. So uh, the, the ability to be a part of that work and bring in a lot of different or, and be exposed to a lot of different perspectives as we're defining what these different aspects of the body knowledge are, I think is a really exciting opportunity for those that might be interested in participating with that. Uh, there's about 2 million TA professionals globally. I thought that was really interesting yeah, yesterday. Yeah. And uh, then you broke it down by major geographic That's areas. Right. And it's it's not all in the U.S. No, actually, the, the, the most surprising mm-hmm. one is the U.K., almost yeah. a quarter million yeah. in the U.K. alone. Right. Uh, and actually, uh, I was looking at that with uh, Johnny Campbell um, with uh, Social Talent. He's based out of Ireland. I'm, you know, we, we saw that number, and we're like, really? Is that right? And mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, well, no, it's booming. Uh, the great. profession is moving in the UK, mm-hmm. uh, but even like you know, in New York, there's eighty thousand, or in the New York area, eighty thousand yeah. here in or in LA, there's thirty thousand DC area, thirty thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's a bigger profession than a lot of people think, and that doesn't even include uh, HR generalists, HR managers mm-hmm. that have recruiting as a part of right. their responsibilities yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think there's a tremendous opportunity for those folks uh, to. Uh, bring more or make training and education much more accessible yeah. uh, to them so that's one output the other part output is uh, measurements and so uh, it's to start to get to more standardized measurements uh, to enable better benchmarking mm-hmm. across the profession uh, to start to really define what good lo- looks like in the profession uh, and uh, so that's the committee that you're leading the diversity and inclusion measurement uh, committee we're looking at yeah, how do we start thinking more strategically about diversity and inclusion recruiting, and how do we effectively measure that? Right. right. And how do we show up with a point of view yes. and lead the discussion as opposed to you know just wait for somebody else to bring it up? I, I yes. absolutely love that. And what I love about ATAP, and, and really what I've noticed since I first um, was introduced to it, is that there is a heavy focus on quantification. Mm-hmm which is much needed in talent acquisition exactly to your point to you know sort of push us forward we have to have the numbers and the quantification of what it is that we're actually doing right and that of course builds the business case for making talent acquisition better yeah and i I, one of the really encouraging things uh, that i hear as as i've been talking to a lot of people about this obviously over the past year and a half now uh is especially when we bring up some of the things we're looking at doing or we're already involved with like sourcing metrics for example i've heard several times you know from leaders saying yeah i was we we've been trying to figure that out Mm -hmm. ourselves or we're trying to build the case for uh, expanding our sourcing function and we're having a hard time figuring out how to do that with data mm-hmm. uh, so ultimately a big thing of what we want to be is a go-to resource when you know particularly leaders or any or anybody is trying to figure out how do I you know how do I do something or where do I start yeah. if you know and you know unfortunately uh, even even the organizations that have good data that do measure today mm-hmm. the, you know this problem still is that nobody measures things quite the same way that's right uh, standards and, right so mm-hmm. we, the standards are really going to be important whether you're measuring across an industry whether you're measuring within a geography mm-hmm. uh, you're getting a better, a better understanding of what good looks like in 
certain types of organizations, how that compares with with your own. Uh, there's tremendous value there, and right. I think uh, you know I'm excited to see particularly the outcomes of these early committees and mm-hmm. uh, what they're going to be able to do driving forward. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to shift now from quantitative to more qualitative. Mm-hmm. Ethics. Yeah. So, one mm-hmm. of the most important things that has been published already with ATAP is a code of ethics. Talk about that. Yeah, actually, we called it uh, the Professional Code of Recruiting Integrity. Uh, it's a simple, common sense code uh, that was developed last fall by a, a team of, uh, of members. Uh, we tested it out in a couple different uh, places. Uh, one in a meeting in Atlanta, the TAG Recruiting Society in Atlanta, and the other one virtually. Got a lot of great feedback uh, and ultimately came up with something that, that's very common sense. Uh, and the idea is that every ATAP member should strive to abide by this code, uh, and ultimately, as time goes on, we'll look to uh, make it something that hopefully the entire profession sees value in and, and looks to abide to. Uh, so and that's on the website. It's on the website. The yep. Okay. Uh, so it's a, it's a great start. Mm-hmm. I've had some nice feedback on that so far, but also, you know, if we think about kind of what's in there, it is about positioning ourselves to equally work on behalf of our. The organizations we work for, we work for as well as our clients sure. and our candidates. Right. Uh, to be, you know, that's always that's going to be a challenging balance sometimes. Yeah, uh, but we have to do that because when we don't do it well, uh, it shows up typically in ways that can be damaging. Right. You know, just look on Glassdoor, yeah. uh, for example, and you see, you know. It, it, Glassdoor is often a place where people go to complain mm-hmm. or to raise concern, mm-hmm. uh, but there's certainly a lot of frustration yeah. out there, frustration uh, from candidates uh, who are not followed up with, uh, who don't feel like they're getting the full picture. Uh, it's our responsibility and our roles to be as much of an advocate for our candidates as we are for our client companies. The location question. So mm-hmm. I noticed uh, that the intention is... It's a sort of a secondary intention to establish local chapters where there is not currently one. So I've always, well, and I've moved five times for my recruiting career, so every time I set up in a new town, I find whatever the recruiting association is, uh, was, was really pleased to be able to do some fun stuff with Northwest Recruiters Association in Seattle, Star Chicago in Chicago, I was on the board there. So there's some really great organizations that are already set up. So how's ATAP going to affect those already established professional associations. Yeah, and ha- having led one myself mm-hmm. uh, when I led Recruit DC, I've actually been, uh, we've been having this conversation with some other uh, of the local groups like Star Chicago, for example, for several years about how we can learn from each other, partner with each other better. It's uh, uh, There's about a dozen and a half formally established groups across the country. Uh, some of the biggest ones like Star Chicago, Minnesota Recruiters, Recruit DC, uh, very successful and you know, always doing great events, you know, big events. Uh, there's you know, a number in smaller markets as well um, that are also doing regular events and becoming the core of their community. We're not looking to replace those. Uh, if anything, what we're the intention has been to build out a network affiliation model uh, so uh, we can help to connect these groups to provide resources um, you know, to uh, provide kind of an, uh, benefits from being as part of an umbrella organization, mm-hmm. yet still allowing these local groups to operate highly autonomously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to start this year with uh, uh, looking to partner and maybe co-host some events in some of those cities. So Chicago would be a, a great example of that. We're going to talk in early May. Uh, there's a couple groups there. In addition yeah. to Star Chicago, mm-hmm. you also have uh, SourceCon Chicago mm-hmm. uh, about what can we do in the fall, uh, maybe a half-day event or something like that. Uh, and so that's with markets where there's something already established mm-hmm. formally. Where there 
Oh, there's a number of big markets, though, where there isn't anything really formal established, or if anything, maybe they have smaller meetups and meet up for, you know, get right. together for like happy hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've got a, a, a great group that has the intention to meet, and, mm-hmm. and it, it works sometimes. It's not very formal, though. Yeah. So we just... Well, in that case, I think we can look to help them, yeah. you know, because one of the things, you know, I, I found particularly as, uh, when I was leading Recruit DC and having conversations with my peers, you know, a lot of us had kind of just really built what we had built, you know, mm-hmm. based, uh, you know, with, with a very kind of, uh, you know, very focused view on our own market, not really yeah. learning or having the opportunity to see how other groups were doing it. Everybody was, you know, it, it was very siloed. Yeah. Uh, so we want to certainly provide the local groups, particularly those that want to grow, expand uh, access to the learnings of other groups, mentors from other groups to understand mm-hmm. and do things bigger, better and things like that. But there are markets like New York, for example, L.A., Philly, Charlotte, mm-hmm. uh amongst others where there's really nothing um south florida be another example here in mm-hmm. san diego mm-hmm. uh there's there's a leadership group but not something for overall for non-leaders and we think that there's a big opportunity to start to develop a uh, or to build uh, local virtual communities probably through a facebook group uh and then uh Ultimately, as those grow and we see the, and we find the opportunity, then to start doing some local events. Okay. And so we're, you've already identified some, some of these local markets. We'll get people on the ground there. We'll be supporting them through ATAP. Mm-hmm. We'll probably bring in, uh, bring in one of our sponsors to help cover some costs and, mm-hmm. and be an exclusive uh, sponsor for a local event and get it started that way. Okay. Uh, over time, uh, we, we'll get it a little more formal. But one thing I don't want to do is build any sort of chapter model where it is difficult or challenging or bureaucratic to run a chapter. Or expensive. Or expensive, mm-hmm. right. Uh, Nobody has more budget. Right. I mean, typically these are volunteer organizations yeah. and, uh, you know, run pretty lean uh, as it is. You know, we are, we've are we talked about doing uh, offering like a shared services model possibly for some back office support. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately, we still want these local groups to be able to grow and thrive right. um, based upon what they're doing locally and how we might be able to support them. All right. That is great to know. So, yes. so the uh, intention is not to duplicate what's going on, but more uh, be accretive. To Absolutely. If, if there's a, a good established local network, mm-hmm. let's be accretive to it, and otherwise let's provide maybe some structure to where there is no structure. Exactly. Okay, yes. love it. Okay, so let's talk, uh, you know, numbers. So how many members are there We're, already? We're uh, just shade under 600 individual okay. members. Fantastic. Uh, we have uh, we have a number of people renewing, so again, as we go into our first year, we mm-hmm. uh, they're continuing to renew, and uh, hopefully we'll get a large percentage renewing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and out of those 600, I would say about 100 plus are charter members, mm-hmm. uh, and then we also have several corporate members, including mm-hmm. uh, Amazon, EY, Selenice, uh, uh, Gwinnett Medical Center, Kimberly Clark, and uh, Southern Company. Oh, and Cielo. We just got Cielo. Oh, uh, as our first RPO. Oh, uh, corporate member. I didn't made, realize. Okay. Yeah, I haven't made the official announcement on right. that yet, but it's coming. Good for Sue Marks. It doesn't <laughs> surprise me at all. <laughs> yeah, they've, uh, we actually have uh, one of our board members is uh, Eric Dunlap's of Cielo, uh-huh. and Angela Hills also uh, was on our advisory council. So Terrific. I think it was, it was an easy sell. Oh my gosh, that's uh, great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we have uh, several sponsors mm-hmm. as well, uh, and about nine sponsors to this point. So it's all growing, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially coming to an event like this. Uh, you know, being able to have a lot of visibility. Uh, you know, we like being at these conferences to showcase what we're doing, but also to engage uh, people at the conference in work that we're actually doing. Right. Like what we're going to do this afternoon. Like what we're doing this afternoon. Yeah. We're going to get some good feedback, hopefully, from those who are uh, attending the session on DNI measurement. Mm-hmm. That's what he's talking about. Yes. Best way to engage once someone joins. 
Uh, well, one of the best ways right, uh, right already is through a, we, a Facebook group that we have, a members-only Facebook group. Uh, about 300 of our, you know, about a little more than half of our members are engaged on that, or mm-hmm. have signed up already. Uh, there's a constant dialogue going there. People are bringing up different ideas, different thoughts, uh, a lot, and you know, asking questions. And uh, that's just a good starting point for mm-hmm. us. Uh, and uh, other than that, as we start rolling out more and more committees, and also the opportunities to kind of raise your hand and volunteer for a committee that you might have some interest in, some expertise in, something that, you know you feel like uh, you'd you have a point of view on, and be you know want to help to shape. Uh, the you know pieces of the future of the profession. Yeah. We'll be expanding more and more uh, in the year uh, upcoming. Uh, we're looking at doing a webinar series. Uh, we are looking at co-hosting events at the local level, mm-hmm. uh, and so I think that our members are going to see more and more opportunities to engage and to get involved. Outstanding. Yeah, it sounds super exciting. And you know what I said to you when I first signed up mm-hmm. at ERE last fall was. That's right. It's about time that somebody (laughs) sort of took the mantle and figured this thing out because we have needed Mm. a global organization that kind of binds us all together. Those of us who've chosen this crazy career Mm -hmm. called recruiting, you know, it's it's definitely time. So thank you. Thank Mm. you for your leadership in this. Oh, thank you. It's it's been... a pleasure uh you know sometimes you know i wonder whether or not we're going fast enough here whether this is growing quickly enough but yeah this is also new and uh people are still trying to to understand what we're doing uh but the more and more people more and more opportunity we have to talk to people about the goals the objectives of uh the focus that we have uh more you know more and more people get it. So I think opportunities like this to do a, a podcast, to get, mm-hmm. our, get the word out, uh, we encourage people to you know seriously look at what we're doing and how they, they can be a part of it. Uh, as, as I'm watching uh, the, the Kennedy's uh, ser- or series uh-huh. on uh, CNN, and, just, and I was watching it the other night, and it made me think, you know, eventually as we do more and more of the body knowledge work, we roll more and more things out, uh, there more and more is available to our members in terms of learning and networking. Uh, it won't be, you know, the opportunities won't be so heavy on the participation side as far as like body, you know, committee work and things like that. Uh, so, you know, the, the famous uh, quote from Kennedy's uh, inauguration speech, ask not what your country can do for you. I think, you know, I was thinking, okay, well, ask not what ATAP can do for you. Ask what you can do for your profession. Indeed. So, yeah. you know, this is not necessarily, I mean, it could be a passive thing for people mm-hmm. that want to join, but I really encourage people that have a passion around the profession, who have an opinion, point of view, uh, interest in improving mm-hmm. the profession to get involved with us uh, and even organizations that ultimately would like to be able to say they had influence right. on on the work that's being done uh, to get active, to get involved, volunteer for committees and uh, to play a role in defining who we are and, and what we're all about. All right. So, Ben, a uh, big announcement here at ERE mm-hmm. with regard to ATAP was Talent Acquisition Day. Yes. Tell us about that. Global Talent Acquisition Day. Glo- uh, hashtag Global TA Day. Okay. Uh, and that was uh, the brainchild of uh, Ryan Christoy and the, the uh, great group over at KRT Marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they shared that with me at the SRSC conference earlier this year. And when they told me, I just about... You know, had hit the ceiling. I thought, wow, what a yeah, great idea. And, and so they wanted to do us. They've been very active supporters of us. Uh, so, you know, they're kind of behind uh, getting this off the ground, registering this, building uh, a website around it. But, so this uh, is kind of like you know, Grandparents Day, yeah. you know, Purple Spotted Squirrel Day. I mean, yep. so basically we're everything. creating our own day. Exactly. Yeah. Will there be Hallmark cards? <laughs> Sure, why not? Uh, I, I think, yeah, this is certainly an opportunity for us to celebrate who we are, to raise awareness 
uh, around us and mm-hmm. uh, in our profession, uh, and to whether within our own teams or at a local level to celebrate what we do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, one of the things I love so much about the profession, why I'm so passionate about it, is I truly believe that we build empires and we change lives mm-hmm. and when we do it well right. uh, we can have a significant impact on the future of the organizations that we're working with uh, as well as significant impact on the life and well-being of the candidates that we're working with we play an extremely important role every day and uh, we should be celebrated for what we do uh, we there should be greater understanding of what we're all about, what, mm-hmm. our, what the opportunities are for us uh, to do more and do better. And what better way to do that than to pick a day? It's uh, September 5th this year. It'll okay. always be the first Wednesday of September. First Wednesday of September. Following Labor Day. Uh-huh. So okay. very good. Uh, Perfect. Yeah, strategic right? tie-up nice there. follow-on to uh, Labor Day. To Labor Day, yep. Uh, but not a day off, unfortunately. <laughs> Probably not <laughs> oh, a national... Not, uh, not up know, to us. Not, not a national post holiday. Post office is still going to deliver mail, but, right. uh, you know. <laughs> but I think it's an opportunity, actually, for... Uh, you know, we're going to see what's possible this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are. We're looking at. You know, maybe we'll do a webinar. Uh, we'll looking at probably putting together a playbook for our corporate members. Things yeah. they they can do locally and take pictures or video and I share that it. back yeah. uh, with the community. And you know, this is this is the first year of it. Uh, we'll learn some things, and mm-hmm. hopefully over the over time, this will get bigger and bigger, and uh, people can really take that day to share with the world mm-hmm. what we do and our water value is because actually it was one uh we yesterday we shared the, the results of our very first ta as a career survey mm-hmm. and one of the interesting uh results was and this is a survey about 500 some people completed members and non-members that only about 37 percent of those surveyed felt that their friends and colleagues outside of the profession really understood what they did right yeah, that's uh, it's tough. Yeah. It, it, you know, like, yeah, and I think the thing you said from the stage was, you know, your your grandmother doesn't understand what you do, and that is a problem. It ends up yeah. being a problem because yeah. everybody thinks a recruiter is one thing, mm-hmm. and it, there is so much color and diversity around what we do mm-hmm. and how we do it that it yeah. really would be nice for people to understand. So, yeah. so you're saying, uh, talent global talent acquisition day is also designed to help. Uh, the rest of the world understand a little more about what we do? Sure. I think it's a great opportunity to bring awareness um, to our value and and what the possibilities are. Uh, I think that that there are a large percentage of of organization leaders don't even really understand what the possibilities are with a high-performing talent acquisition department. the companies that do the Facebooks, the Googles, the uh, large professional services firms—they—they uh, they pour tons of resources, money, people yeah. uh, into you know even the Amazons and mm-hmm. places like that. They get what town acquisition can bring to the table, and they fund it and resource it appropriately. Uh, but again, I think that's in the minority, and so I think there's a ton of work to do over time in, in bringing awareness to our value mm-hmm. uh, when it's done well, what that looks like, uh, and at the same time to give uh, uh, TA professionals wherever they are in the world to appreciate uh, what they do, appreciate the value that they bring to learn and connect and to celebrate us. Okay. Well, I'm going to lobby for you know posters that you can put up in your workplace that say "Take a recruiter to lunch" or something. <laughs> <laughs> Hug a recruiter day. Hug a recruiter. Well, you got to be careful of that, I guess. <laughs> that's, that's right. Uh, yeah. Shake yeah. a recruiter's hand. Right. That's right. That's right. We want to be uh, uh, adhering to our code of ethics, but yes. it's still appreciation. So that's right. That's that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, Ben, this has been a great discussion. Thank mm-hmm. you so much again for your leadership and what you're doing to further our profession. It's fantastic. I'm a, I'm a huge fan, and I'm all in. So I'm leading one of the committees and happy to help in any way I can. Mm-hmm. And um, once again, for my listeners, it's 
atapglobal.org. Take a look at the website. By the way, it's a beautiful website. Yeah. So well done. I mean, it's fairly new and and um, uh, content rich. Mm-hmm. It's not just a here's who we are kind of a thing. There's actually a lot of depth to it. It's very good. Oh, and it, we're, we're still getting started with that. Yeah. I think once we start really getting into more and more body knowledge work, uh, more and more that's going to be on the website. Uh, some will be member you know, mm-hmm. primarily for membership, but we'll mm-hmm. also have things for non-members as well. Uh, we have a you know, nice little jobs page there. We're always looking for organizations to post their jobs with us sure. uh, to share with the community. Uh, and uh, we have uh, Azaquio uh, to, thank, uh, to thank for that. Uh, Susan Lamott and her, uh, her oh, team cool. okay. uh, has been behind it. They've been wonderful partners uh, in helping to establish the brand and, and uh, not just the website, but the look and feel and the marketing and the branding okay. of, uh, of our organization. As oh, well. that's good to know. Yeah. All right, super. All right, well, thank you again. And uh, I guess the, the future's bright. The future is bright. I like to think so. Awesome. Okay, thank Thanks. you, Aaron. Well, there you have it. Ben is a trailblazer, and I'm obviously a fan of his and ATAP's. I want to encourage you, if you haven't already joined ATAP, that you seriously consider it. There's strength in numbers, and we want global talent acquisition to get stronger every day with and for you. My thanks to Todd Raphael and the ERE team, as well as Lamise Abarama at RPOA, and of course my tribe at People Results. Until next time, thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Big Fish in the Talent Pool. This podcast is independently produced in collaboration with ERE.net, and we would love to hear your feedback. You can email Aaron directly at E-P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N at people-results.com. You can also follow Aaron on Twitter at Aaron McPeterson, connect with her on LinkedIn, and learn more about her practice at people-results.com.